1: Hello and welcome to the latest record Celtic podcast, I'm Darren Cooney and today I'm joined by the great Graham Young and the legendary Liam Bryce to discuss all the latest from Celtic Park. On the podcast today we've got Celtic slipped up at Livingston, but what does that latest setback mean in the title race? Should Neil Lennon rotate his team following the Cluj win? And we've also got Andrea Agnelli, he's again been speaking about the Champions League and his words are to be welcome surely. Lee Griffiths was once again the subject of malicious and substantiated rumours, so we're going to have a wee chat about that. And we've been looking at the nine out-of-contract players who will probably depart Celtic in the summer, but who should the club keep? Okay, right from the start, we've got from the highs of Clues to the lows of Livingston. What went wrong, Liam?
2: Um, I just... I felt like, I think, from the first minute, I know it's... You're kind of... It's a bit... a bit reductive but I think just Livingston they were just out-fought and almost out-thought Celtic and I think from the first early doors in the game you could see that they were a wee bit rattled um, by their approach and they just they just seen them being almost just drawn into this game that Livingston wanted to turn it into because it it wasn't it wasn't great to watch and uh, I know the red cards for Ryan Christie but I feel as if that was more of a you know, a, a symptom of, you know, how of what happened rather than the cause of the defeat because you could see he was frustrated, Ryan Christie. I felt he, he, he was he's always that way where he's buzzing about and he's you could see he, he wasn't really having a, an effect on the game, I thought. Um and I think the red card was born of frustration because of that. And then you had guys I think Julienne was getting quite animated. Didn't I feel he? like he lost his head a wee bit. And they just didn't seem to be much of a, a game plan. There was guys, you know, Julian, as well as been a bit rattled by Lyndon Dykes. I thought on the ball, he was he was just kind of looking to launch it forward an
0: awful lot. Um, he's an interesting one, Julian, they, yeah, because I think there may be a perception with Celtic players not to get too high, too low. That this guy loves his life in social media, and I know I know a lot of players are very active, but he, honestly, God, like he's. Up when they win all these posts, and then on the pitch, he's very emotional. Uh, I think a Celtic defender who's trying to lead a backline has to be a bit more level headed at times or a bit more cool under pressure. I think that was really noticeable the other day that he started to kind of everything was bothering him for the first minute onwards. Yeah, I mean, he's come from
2: over in the, the French top flight, and he's 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 ever really come across <laughs> anything quite like he did um, at Livingston. It's you know, it's this wee tight. Park plastic pitch, um,
1: Lyndon Dykes, big him. striker with yeah. his
2: bleached blonde hair battering into him at every opportunity. Um, and he just, I mean, I don't doubt you know, I think he's been great in general so far for Celtics, Julian. Um, but I think that was just it was just a bad day for him. And he let, I think he kind of let it spiral a wee bit. You could just see him getting more and more frustrated. Um, and it's like Graham says. I think you need this sort of cam head at the back, in your your I know Ayers, Christopher Ayers, become so important for Celtic over the past year. But you know, Julian is still the senior, the senior man at the back, uh, certainly centre back. Anyway, um, yeah. and he, it's just as we said, he's just kind of lost his cool a wee bit. Right. But I'm sure. I mean, he's experienced, professional. It's something you, you'd think he would learn from going forward because he's going to have to deal with more these kind of games, and other teams are maybe going to look at that now and think, well, this guy can be wound up a wee bit. He can, he can maybe lose his cool. Um, so probably a wee word from the coaching staff as well. I would, I would
1: think. But, but but that didn't impact on the game itself. I mean, he just Julian just didn't handle Dykes that well. It's not as if he didn't handle didn't ha- didn't handle what Dykes was doing off the ball and was therefore sent off. It wasn't any of that. So I want to know, know exactly. I mean, you touched on it, Liam when you're talking about Celtic were drawn into the way Livingston were playing. Lennon was asked about this after the game as well. But how did this actually manifest itself other than Christie's red card? I mean, how, what was different about Celtic Well, in a negative sense?
0: I think Livingston probably wouldn't go down as one of the silkiest uh, premiership sides of all time. There's been very few sides that have been able to t- make put teams off their game the way Livingston do very quickly for the first minute it's a physical style they give up the middle of the park the guys at Cal McGregor were still on the ball they're quite happy to is it, the pitch is very tight so Celtic width becomes a non-factor quite early on in games so Celtic this big space down the middle of the park but on the surface, again, that's a factor. So it might take a couple of games to get used to it. So Celtic are trying one-twos, movement around the box. Levin's quite happy to just be there. to win the second or third ball and move on. Coming off the back of a big European game, no, it's it's a mitigating factor. It's just the fact Celtic were very strong on Thursday night, looked full of energy, full of desire. You go on Sunday, you're thinking, big game. But that energy appeared to uh, shorten legs. Not a lot of energy in times. Uh, I just think it, Levin's have got away very quickly take teams out of their game plan and they were never able to recover. Right. And then you get guys like Dykes who are just absolute battering ram in all these small mini battles across the pitch. Livingston were winning those and they ultimately won the war on the day. Yeah. Okay,
1: so that, that just, hold on a wee second, that brings us to Lennon's team selection. Now he was getting criticised by a lot of fans saying he should have rotated it after the Cluj win. That was big as the Essence in the Europa League tie. A few guys need a break, which I can understand, but the flip side of that is how often do you hear a manager resting his players and the team loses and gets slaughtered or oh, you shouldn't have made that many changes? So which changes, if any, would you have made, Liam?
2: I think, I mean, you're. everybody is kind of pointing to it, but I think they, it wouldn't have hurt, I think, sometimes to, to freshen it up in the middle of the park a wee bit. Um you know you've got your Callum McGregor's and your Scott Browns who seem to play every single game um no matter what they what the occasion um i think well saying was it Partick i think yeah the, they missed out but um, i know, that, you know these guys have been so important to celtic over the um you know the course of these past few years with just dominating completely domestically um but i just felt they were from being the two of them being back at the top of their game Against Cluj, I just felt they, they they just weren't quite on it, and I think they, in terms of the guys who just looked a wee bit sluggish, I thought um, it was in the middle of the park because I thought Livingston looked as if they had much more energy. They were pressing better than Celtic, I thought, um,
1: but that's hindsight, of course, because the other argument would be McGregor and Brian were brilliant against Cluj. Let's play them again; they're on form.
2: Mm-hmm. But I, I just think you know the the size of the squad that Celtic have got. And I don't think they could, you know. Surely, with the amount of quality they have in that team, the depth that they can afford to make more than one change. So, in Charmin, you just start right back, in Charm then? I think you could bring, you know, you could bring the likes of in, um, who, you know, his is clearly. I think he's he's playing as if he's got a point to prove, um, and up kind of going forward. I think the only dude, I thought Edward looked off it, but. At the same time, that's a bit of an
0: issue because they can't really rotate that. I think there's still big question marks over. I would start over bio. bio. Bio, yeah. I would start the argument. I think Celtic fans, after the game, and rightly so, that Rose is the kind of buy but at times he looks Bio word. It's a bio word exactly. <laughs> uh, at times, it takes a bit of time to get into games. But I thought when he came off the bench against Hibbs, these wee moments where as much of him goes good in the air and all this good hold up play there's times where the ball's in the deck he shows good awareness can turn quickly and he is more than happy to mix it up I think if you start that game with Bayo up front it just gives you an out ball and he would he relishes the challenge he's he's able to kind of get in pockets of space as well he's not I know he's a traditional centre forward but he does lead the line well he chases down full backs gives you energy I don't think Edward after his exertion Thursday night was able to offer that. And I think Edward off the bench would have been yeah. a really good option. So Celtic could have been toiling.
1: How do you think he played when he came on Bio? then?
0: It wasn't great. I, I think at times, I think it was full endeavour. The chance he had that he took first time, it was a bit of criticism that he could have taken a touch. But if that goes in the net. That's I thought it, it was the right move. At Other times, I think it was a bit um, hasty in his decision making. But I think starting Bio starting that game, it would have doing a different... Um, the game would have developed differently. Celtic so would have been able to a bit, be a bit more patient, uh, go direct. Uh, Bower would, a lot of times he's down the right hand side. He plays, he's looping balls into the box. I don't think that really suits Edward's game, mm. uh, and I think Bio uh, could have been a decent option to start the game on Sunday. Yeah.
2: Can I caveat what I said about Brown and McGregor with the obvious fact that they were a man short <laughs> in the middle of the park, and that again you, know, you can't yeah. account, you can't account for Ryan Christie losing his head like that. Um, so, I mean, there is obviously that factor as well. But I I'd, I think in terms of bio, I, I think you maybe didn't think it there, but listen to what Graham said. I think he's, he's certainly got a point. With Games like that, perhaps... Um,
0: if you're not going to use him in a game like that, when are you going to use him? Because it's tailor-made for his style of play. Livingston's defenders, you know, Ricky Lammy, they, Edward Celtic Park's a different prospect, but when the game's very tight, it's very condensed, I think bio just provides an X factor in the final third that Mm may be a bit more an unpredictability factor so we've got harder to deal with
1: yeah okay okay right Uh, for the bigger picture then what does this mean for the title race because a lot of well I say a lot there are some Celtic fans I've spoken to a few of them over the weekend and start of the week they're maybe not worried but starting to kind of at least Rangers be in their consciousness now regarding the title race Graeme what you what are you saying are they right to be Worried, concerned, yes, conscious,
0: hundred percent, but only because Rangers are a really decent outfit. As Celtic are going to drop points; it just happened to be consecutive games. The Hibs one will probably rankle uh, more. I don't think Hibs are a great team, and Celtic had plenty of opportunities that day. That game was well within their grasp. I think Lincoln should have had two penalties close as well. they should have. And I think Celtic going away to Livingston. There's always that danger factor. It had the perfect ingredients for an upset. Where Plus three Day off the back of a European game, Livingston and their specialists are taking good teams out of their game. But for Celtic need to be aware, this is what Celtic should be no, they should be embracing the fact that Rangers are a good team. People talk about four of the titles were uh, picked up when Rangers were out of the league. This is a serious challenge to their dominance. Is the Celtic going and win this title and then go and do a ten a row. No one can of any can make silly arguments about Rangers being out of the league that Celtic have been tested throughout and this is Gerard is that the one season up here? He's already, it's kind of almost like a kind of the stick to kind of find a level. Rangers are a good team. Celtic have shown already this season they can definitely compete and go to Ibrox and win. But Rangers have eliminated the fact that these silly games, to drop points, uh, daydreaming through games. But Celtic need to be mindful of that as well. They need to get back to a ruthlessness. Because both, there's evidence in the last two games that that's the kind of slackness you can afford when the challenge isn't for real. But it, is and it's here. Yeah. And Celtic need to be wary of that moving forward.
1: The, the psychology aspect Liam is going to be quite interesting because Celtic have been behind to Rangers I think uh, just before Christmas last year and dealt with that fine mm-hmm. got ahead, never looked back Rangers of course were ahead and couldn't handle it so it's going to be interesting to see if Rangers have learned anything and or if Celtic are still just this dominant force mm-hmm. that will not be stopped.
2: Yeah, I know. I, I I can I agree with Graham um, that it it seems to have shifted a wee bit, and that Rangers are. I mean, it's still very early days. What is it? Eight games. They seem to have shown signs that they're not going to drop the silly, stupid points that they did last year. They're they're having to. I think in can I, that certainly over the last few games, they've had to work they've worked um, haven't had to work as hard for their points as Celtic have had to they've blown teams away in the past couple of games which I mean they're not going to score five goals every week obviously but they didn't at the start um, of the season I mean they had yeah.
1: to Kilmarnock was a mm-hmm. close one
2: but they've they've seemed to especially at home where they, they dropped silly points last year um, they seem to have wisened up a wee bit they've got you know two you know, the best overall probably strike force in the league now With Morelos and Defoe, um, regardless of what you think of Morelos and Edwards, one up, one up against the other, Uh, so they've definitely gotten better. uh, But it's like, as you say, you know, now they're in the position where they're in front, um, and the real test of Rangers now will be, you know, how do how do they deal with that? Um, And they, as you say, they didn't deal with it at all. I mean, basically, from that first game back after the winter break, when they they lost to Kilmarnock. It was all downhill from there. Um, but they do seem to be learning lessons, as I said, Rangers, in terms of the games at home. So then this is another one for them. Um, but Celtic themselves, they won't be too worried. I mean, Hearts were top of the league at this stage last True, year. Yeah. Um, but I think there's just, you know, th- there is just wee worrying signs here and there um, for Celtic uh you know, coming off the back of a Europa League game like that um, where they have looked a wee bit sluggish. There was the Hibs game. I thought, I know they won at Hamilton the other week, a couple of weeks back, but ag- again, I didn't think they were they were great that day either. They kind of just did enough to get through. <laughs> um, but the flip side of that with Celtic is that when they do, um, when they do click, there's no team in the league, including Rangers, I don't think, that can live with them. So it's just a case of, can they find that kind of level of performance um consistently? And I think at home, more and more often than not they will. Um and I think as well with this year more than ever the four Derby the, the Derby games will take on a greater significance if the two teams keep, you know, beating the rest the way they are.
1: Right, okay, okay. Right, on to European matters, given that uh we've October thirty first is Drawing ever closer uh, this morning, Andrea Agnelli, the Juventus president and the kind of king of the ECA, was speaking about the Champions League again, and his comments were far more positive. At least on upon kind of initial looking, he said it is right that if you perform in the international system, you stay in the international system. It would be great for clubs like Ajax, Celtic, Legia Warsaw, knowing they can stay in Europe and not have to qualify via domestic system. Now, what he means by all this is that he wants a pyramid structure brought into UEFA competition uh, where the national coefficients have less of a meaning. So previously, a lot of the, the gripe from Celtic fans as well. How are we getting penalised by having to play these four preliminary rounds in the Champions League when our coefficient is good and it's been held back by the likes of Kermarnet going out to Connor's key in the first round? Qualifying of Europa League, etc. So Agnelli doesn't want to factor in so much the coefficient. He just wants an up and down promotion relegation. So it's how individual clubs perform in Europe that makes a difference. So positive, Graham, surely?
0: Massive, uh, massive positive. So it's, it's what Celtic have been fighting for. Peter Lowell's obviously been f- ch- fighting champion Celtic's cause for a long time. Uh, the ECA, and that's it's what. I think you made the point there, Celtic have obviously benefited from Rangers, been backing them out the last couple of years to push the coefficient up but for a long time Rangers were nowhere and Celtic were fighting hard to uh, do it on their own and that was the story every year so Celtic, it was an unwinnable battle basically to try and push Celtic forward or Scottish football forward and Celtic benefiting through that but this is what I think we talk about breakaway European leagues in the past and I think this is probably a precursor maybe over the next 10-15 years. The Champions League will still the top teams, but the sides like Ajax, Celtic, I think for them to get their place in European football is very important. Uh, This is what makes... The greatest nights in European football often between a a big name and a, t- a team with big money. Look at Celtic, Barcelona, Ajax last season, the w- the, w- the way they were able to go to Real Madrid and Juventus and win. It was a real throwback to the good old days. Really, a big clubs. different. It wasn't just two or three leagues dominating the competition. Yeah. So for Celtic to have their place, um, with this the revised format, I think it's a really really positive thing.
1: Yeah, but I mean, neither should we look at Agnelli and think he's some kind of philanthropist. Sorry, for the. Clubs from the smaller leagues in Europe, because his initial idea, of course, was yeah. just to have a, a close shot. Certainly, mm-hmm. that's the way it was reported. He seems to have had a bit of a about turn, and as a bit of a, the mood music has changed somewhat. Liam, are we, are we moving as Graham kind of alluded to, ever closer to this just European leagues, where you don't have Celtic versus Kilmarnock on a Saturday anymore? yeah uh,
2: wow. Well, uh I don't know I mean I think the the talk of having the Champions League games at weekends I think that you could arguably take that as maybe a a slight precursor but if that then became the norm that you could then edge it ever further towards um, the domestic competition being I don't know almost sort of phased out Uh, but I feel like that's still a long way off at this stage to be honest Um, I'm not sure uh, again, you know how that would work um, if, you, if we just got rid of that together with but fans. In-
1: indulge a bit of, well, I think you were going to say it, weren't you? Indulge in a bit of fantasy. Let's see if it did happen. What is more attractive, Celtic versus Wren on a Saturday or Celtic versus Hearts?
2: Well, I think certainly to Celtic fans, it would be you know, a trip away to Ren rather than to Tynecastle. A few quid right enough. Um, yeah, a few quid right enough. certainly. There is that aspect of it. Um but the game's expensive enough here as it is anyway. Um so there is obviously that that's a huge element to consider. It is, uh, it, as much as that's more appealing on paper, uh, you know, you're away day to France on a Saturday afternoon, there is, you know, the kind of the cost element to it as well. Um but I don't know, it's like you say it is the stuff of fantasy, like Playstation stuff almost um taking all the the big teams from across europe and you know putting them into this
0: this one league um but then again i've always thought teams could thrive as well um the celtic rangers or celtic move on there's always got to be opportunities for that i think football evolves it adapts to the circumstance there's too many big hitters involved in european football that are pushing for this to happen um, for it not to happen yeah for yeah. it not to happen and yeah. Um, it just it's all these small victories, basically for w- moving towards weekend football. All these game, the the cold shop nature of the Champions League, it's ageing ever closer to um, its own competition, its own. Which it's, I think that's what the big clubs want, and they want it, then these things usually get pushed through. Yeah, well they've not been stopped
2: thus far, really have. They? They've had their way with the Champions League. Um, so I suppose, aren't you? You're probably right. I mean, it's uh, as much as I think it's not something that's imminent. It's like you say, the Saturday football, uh, the big clubs, with you know the, these these guys are all rep- these clubs are all represented on the likes of the ECA and what's the other one? Is it European leagues? Um, so I think, I mean, what do you think if if Celtic and Rangers were to go? Because I think just now the the two of them just look so far in terms of, you know, the money they've spent on their squads, the, the squad depths, some of the results you're seeing. Uh, the two of them look as far ahead of the rest as I can remember for yeah, quite a you could, while. Yeah, but, you could, you know but I'm, I'm
1: going to be a champion of the Scottish Premiership here because mm-hmm. you could say the same about the English Premier League. 100%. Man City, mm-hmm. what was it, 8-0 Watford?
2: Yeah. hmm
1: Manchester Liverpool looked so far, okay, Man City lost to Wolves, but Celtic lost to, uh, to Livingston. Mm-hmm. And every now and again, you get a result like this that just keeps it alive. And also, this this uh, <coughs> misconception that Scotland has exclusivity over a dominating team. Look yeah. right throughout 100%. Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, this Bayern Munich is is one. Paris Saint Germain mm-hmm. is another in Liga. So I'm not. Yeah,
2: I don't mean to talk down. The no, Premier, I know you're not. Such, I, know. I Just feel that like that is the sort of maybe the reality that's.
1: But I think reports of its demise are just a wee bit premature. But uh-huh. they are looking better, and you did come back. You did go on about the derbies, and that was the kind of narrative at the start of the season that they will be preeminent in the deciding of the destination title. But we've already seen that points will be shipped, and I think Rangers will suffer the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, th- I know you weren't dismissing the Premiership, but it's you know, there's still a lot to offer. Hopefully, anyway. Uh, right, let's get on to Lee Griffiths uh, There's been unsubstantiated and quite frankly malicious rumours Swirling around that cesspit of the internet uh, I'm not even going to go into what they were Just they were ridiculous And of course these things happen in WhatsApp Someone gets sent it and next thing half the country's aware of it And take it as gospel But Graham, he's, uh he's kind of put people in their places again
0: Yeah, and rightly so I think the hardest f- job in Scottish football has been Lee Griffiths, it really is. It's guys worked tirelessly after um, dealing with his personal problems brilliantly, get himself back to uh, match fitness. It's been really tough and I think a lot of ex-players hinted that this might happen. The fact you have such a long absence for the game, small injuries, and yeah. he's, he's been dealing with this calf complaint for a couple of years anyway. Lennon explained all exactly, this, uh, of course. And it's, uh, he's obviously got to take his time to get back up to full fitness and these bumps along the road will happen, so to be dealing with just grim uh, social media. you know. It's but just how impressive. has
1: he responded to them? Well, well, just with
0: in the best way possible, he's, he's back on social media to do it. He's just, an emoji tells a story. So just a shush emoji. I know you're demonstrating it. And, he was, again, and he was at Lennox Town again. he was at Lennox Town today, yeah. uh, putting in the hard yards with international break. He'd obviously love to be away with Scotland, but I think Griffiths is really determined. And he looks so good. I think this is... Missed the fact that he's obviously absent to the team again, but he was looking pretty decent in those early um, performances. So, Bio, as much as i was making the case for him earlier on, I still think Lee Griffiths' is streets clearer, Bio is an option for Celtic, especially the things he can do, the ability to come short and take the ball, have a shot. Sometimes Celtic, that's probably the biggest thing, actually, in recent months. Rogic and Lee Griffiths are the two players in Celtic. Total shoot on site policy. Sometimes... <laughs> Especially under Brendan Rodgers, who are guilty of just becoming death by passes, and even with Celtic at the weekend, it was something similar—a uh, bit too passive in and around the box. So I think Griffiths back in amongst the team uh, benefits everybody. Yeah, yeah, Liam.
2: Yeah, I think he's—it's just—it's a—it's sh- a shame in the way that he's—he almost seems to have just become because of what he's been through, the you know the issues that he's been dealing with. He, he has almost become an easy target for a certain type of individual on the internet, but I think the way he responded to it, I mean, without even really saying anything, yeah, yeah. is the kind of perfect way to, to, you know, dismiss it because, you know, if he comes out with a big, you know, a big statement on, you know, on his Twitter Don't or something, yeah. Yeah, he's almost, he's almost given these people what they, what they want really, yeah. which is a, which, you know, is a reaction. Um, But it's just, oh, you know, it's, that's just, you know, social media and, and Twitter in particular. And, you know, the, these things with these WhatsApp screenshots, You know, I mean, literally anybody could do that and send it about. And, you know, it's, it's almost frightening how quickly it can take off and uh, considering just how easily done it is to make something up like that. Um, but, I mean, you know, N- Neil Lennon, is, he's clarified it even before these latest rumours uh, appeared. So I think it's just... Uh, Case of giving him a bit of time, because as Graham pointed out, these wee niggling injuries they're actually not they're not necessarily something new. Uh, he did deal with those before he had his his long layoff, and it's almost you know aside from the couple of wee appearances he's made here and there, it's nearly a, almost a full calendar year yeah. since he was really playing regularly. Um, so a wee setback like this was perhaps to be expected, um, you know. So from Celtic's point of view, it's good to see him back in the gym. Um they're gonna have a lot of fixtures um coming up once the international breaks done and hopefully you know that this week period now he'll be fit and available to come back. So I, I dare say if he gets fit he will be involved at some point. Um and as Game says you would still you would still put him as, as Celtics. You know, Edward's far and away at the moment, the number one up top but you'd still have him as that second option. Um, because he's just one of those players who you know can produce something out of nothing.
1: Yeah, put it this yeah. way, had he been fitted he would probably started against Livingston. He probably yeah, he would have he would, have
2: he would have featured at some yeah. point, at, yeah. I, yeah. I dare say. Right. Um,
1: this is this is off script, right? But off piece, but it's just something you mentioned, Graham, the the words Brendan Rogers. Yeah. Now you've got a wee soft spot for Manu. Yeah, sorry. Perhaps. But You just in the all, all this talk of uh, <laughs> all the uh, all this talk of Brendan Rodgers being a potential replacement for Olegun Solskjaer. Yes or no? Or, or God, don't be so stupid. I'd, or, I'd, I'd, or I'd
2: take anybody at this point. <laughs> but, no. Oh, but it, it not, is it feasible? Uh, is it
1: is it really? Yeah, I
2: think. Is it? I, I don't I mean. You know, he he seems to have there seems to be this still thing around Brendan Rogers that that he's you know that he doesn't quite get perhaps the amount of respect that he that he quite deserves because there is you know, there is that kind of thing that people always come back to. He's a bit of a you know, the the those kind of tired David Brent comparisons and stuff, you know, he's the stuff he comes out with and but you know, his his he's, his record as a coach is, you know, it's there's not many who can who can quite say that um, that they've improved. I think certainly, the way he improves players, there's not many British coaches certainly who can say that they've got that kind of record with yeah. players. You know, he's, he had it at, uh, guys at Swansea, um, at Liverpool as well. You know, guys who you just, you know, you'd, uh, you would have thought, well, no, no, not really. The average footballers almost, that Well, that was the, the reputation they had. And then he came up to Celtic and he said, guys who were already good players and he's taking them on to another level. You know, you've got your Callum McGregor's mm-hmm. who came on incredibly under Brendan Rogers. The, the perception around Scott Brown was that he was done before Brendan Rogers came up and, you got a new lease life. you've got Kieran Tierney who's now been sold for twenty five million. Uh so I certainly
1: th- He th- over, th- overplayed have, Kieran Tierney rather yeah. than necessarily improving. So I mean
2: I wouldn't um I wouldn't I wouldn't certainly wouldn't be shouting from the rooftops against <laughs> Brendan. No, Maddux but it's whether Man you United. think it'll happen, not not. Well, whether whether you I want think it'll it happen. happen, um n- no. N- no, not at this moment in time. No. I think they'd have to whether they get rid of Solskjaer in the next, you know, I think if he gets a heavy, takes a heavy one against Liverpool, that might be it. Because there's already, you know, we've seen wee bits and pieces that the the board are starting to, you know, kind of, without saying, uh, you know, without saying facing the axe, there's there's wee things going about, like he's under, under scrutiny. Uh, the mm. board are going to discuss the failures. And I think things like this and I remember back before Jose Mourinho went things like that started to come out I mean they took too long to get rid of Mourinho um, and if it keeps going the, s- the same way under Solskjaer sure I hope they don't right. make that push same it It's not <laughs> my new podcast <laughs> I, <don't. right?
1: laughs> uh, I mean the only thing I would say is this is a guy who fell out with FSG over transfers then the Celtic board over transfers so good luck with dealing with Ed Woodward
2: That was, that was the big thing yeah. it, Woodward's got a reputation
0: already I don't know if they would He'd be brilliant out. for the first couple of months Come in Doesn't have to sign players
1: Man U a club I've always supported Blah, blah, blah Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a And then he'd be off to Madrid Wouldn't you know? he? <laughs> Absolutely Right, uh, Graham. Now you were busy this morning Very Well, you're always busy Thanks. But Now this is subject It's a wee bit way away But given it's international Fortnight I think we were entitled To talk to him About it Uh you have listed nine players who are out of contract Yep In the next summer uh, Many of whom, of course, are loan players But s- some aren't And you've gone through them and said who you would keep uh-huh. Or who the club should keep And who it's time to sort of say goodbye Yep uh, So shall I just go through them first, right? Uh-huh And you can pick out one or two of them uh, We've got, first of all Lost my bit of paper here uh, Near Beton
0: Yep I think he'd be a definite keep you can't (laughs) sometimes you need players in a squad that know they aren't going to be regular starters uh, described as a Swiss army knife and I think that's what he is he can play every thank you you. but he can he can play in multiple positions he's calming the ball he understands the responsibilities that come with playing with Celtic he loves living in Glasgow Um, I don't think he's got any real reason to move on I think Celtic the squad might players come and go, there will always be interesting Celtic players. But a guy like Beton to have in around the squad. I think not want to keep him anyway, doesn't Exactly. He I think yeah. and to be fair, he was in Sarajevo especially, uh, he was excellent. Uh, that wasn't an easy game you look back at it, that first League yeah. qualifier. And he's never going to be the most physical centre half when he's playing there. But you can't really buy that calmness with the ball at his feet, he's able to kinda of slow games down and uh, no, I think Biton's a decent operator. He's probably never going to be the, the midfielder that he was previously. Uh, I like think even injuries probably slowed him down and safety play a bit more tempo in the middle, but at a pinch, he can play a few positions. I think he's okay. a must keep. Okay. Uh, Liam,
1: Craig Gordon.
2: Uh, oh, that's a hard one. Wages, wages 36. Is getting on? 36 now. I think it depends what happens in terms of the number one keeper going into to next season. Um, Forster's alone, but I don't believe there's an option to buy. No, would, I, no. would that be right? So they could be looking for a new number one. Um, I'm not sh- quite sure that Scott Bain um, will be that guy, but I think he could be the backup going forward. I think um, it might be, might be the end
1: for Craig Gordon. Okay, that leads us on nicely to Fraser Forster, who is has a loan contract until next summer. Keep him or if, I try th- to try th- to keep him. Sorry, I
2: think um, if there's an opportunity to, to get him full time, I think Celtic should go for that. Right,
1: S- speaking of option to buy, Graham Moritz Bauer, Celtic yeah, do, would, do have
0: one, yeah. I would go for that. Uh, he's look good, isn't he? Yeah, he's looked really good. And it almost as if Lennon's got this is Lennon's ultimate MO. He loves guys in multiple positions, he likes options. So, El Hamid's this really steady idea for European games can provide, uh, can almost go like tuck in to make it a back three, but Bauer's. Rapid, he's really quick and he's up and down that line constantly providing crosses, assists and he's a really good option at the Premiership uh, level. I don't know what happened at Stoke City because there are no great shakes in the Championship so they're missing a good player. Uh, I, I know Frimpong has obviously uh, made an impact in the League Cup but he might be a little bit uh, well away so I would think Bowers a, a must-buy as well. I think and you've got Pivens a that
1: can move in one so it's Exactly, a nice uh, he's again, yeah. Options, in positions, yeah. Uh, he's a good player, Bill. There's another interesting one, Liam. Well, I think so. Anyway, Johnny Hayes. Deal or no deal?
2: Uh, so is this where I would keep him or whether I think Celtic will hold on to him and mm-hmm. make a move to hold on to mm-hmm. him? Give us your opinion, opinion, mate. Yeah. Uh, I I think they were probably looking for um, an upgrade. I think... Uh, it's I it's know a good know laugh N- at training. Neil N- Lennon likes him. He, can t- he uses him often. Um, Scott Brown likes him. <laughs> Exactly. Good mates at training. Yeah, uh, but I think in terms of in terms of quality, and I you know I'd hate to you know kind of dunk on Johnny Hayes um, because he's you know he's a good Premiership level player. He's proved that over the years. He was great at Aberdeen. Um, he's done pretty much everything asked of him at Celtic. But I think if they want to keep progressing, I think they would may need to
0: look um, at other options. Now, I know
1: you didn't ask, but I would keep him, Graham. Yeah. You think the same?
0: Yeah I, oh, I like the way, that? yeah, I like the way he changes the tempo games, like, when he
1: came on against
0: uh, Wren he was excellent like, he'll happily just these like a human missile he throws himself into tackle, <laughs> again against Rangers obviously getting that goal I think I think Williams point's a valid one, uh, sometimes if you get too many Johnny Hayes type players, and that's not a real criticism to him but you can maybe uh, dilute the quality of the squad but I think on his own merits he's well worth keeping and I think he would be happy to do so and enjoys more how are you with his pals? He's yeah.
1: He's good fun, isn't he? He's good I fun. I mean, for he's that loan. <laughs> uh, Daniel Arzani, Liam. I don't know. I don't know if he's yeah. any good or not.
2: Um, I think... Oh, he's it's a shame. It a really shame, is a shame. Yeah, I mean, I shouldn't, you shouldn't. I mean, I shouldn't have laughed, to be honest, because it is. It is it's been really harsh on him, what's happened. Um, but, you know set to go off with Australia yeah, that's shortly so, thing.
1: so are we going to see him full you stop know,
2: unless he comes back from that and hits the ground absolutely flying then you
1: could be talking what March I mean yeah. this thing is the Australia thing January into February yeah. mm-hmm. Olympics well then it's, <sighs> it's and know.
2: then with that that would be the end of his loan come the summer yeah. yeah and Man City are probably you know they're not going to sell him at this stage are they mm.
0: unless I, I think Man City like that
1: Paddy Roberts might Evidence. come back again.
0: Yeah. Who's maybe. not getting a game
1: at Norwich? <laughs> another point. That's
0: an interesting one for uh, for Roberts. Uh, he's really, not, not nosedive, but his career's really stalled recently. But Arzani Man City's big transfer strategy is giving these players a platform, going to other clubs and going, this is what they've been able to do, maybe go up a level, so to speak. But, you know, in footage not found for Daniel Arzani because he's just not played any games and uh, he seems a really... It's quite a switched on guy I think a lot of these Australian players are pretty level-headed know what they're what you achieve in the game and just not being able to get any sort of minutes and Mikey Johnson I would be amazed if he s- suddenly becomes uh, finds himself ahead of Johnson the pecking order and everyone yeah. I mean, sees he's there as well so I don't think Celtics a club he's got to get game time might be able to get ahead of Marion Shred, don't, but apart from well,
1: yeah, I <laughs> think you and I are ahead <laughs> exactly. of Marion Shred, unfortunately. Uh, that's all from us this week. We'll be back next week at the latest. Uh, don't subs- forget to subscribe to iTunes or ACAST to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on too. Thanks for listening.